We've all heard it before. It's who you know. Welcome to Social Capital, a weekly podcast that dives into social relationships and why the investment you put into them is so important. Your host, Lori Hybe, will connect with industry-leading professionals and dive into their networking experiences and expert advice. Hey, everybody. Lori Hybe here. Welcome to the Social Capital Podcast. Our show notes are found at socialcapitalpodcast.com. If you'd like to get more involved in the conversation, join our Facebook group at Social Capital Network, a community of trust, reciprocity, and relationships. You can also connect with me on LinkedIn. This week's guest is Olympia Hostler. Olympia radically 3Xs income, fun, and freedom for six- and seven-figure business owners who are overworked and want more. Olympia loves working and playing in the realms of millions and billions. She's an award-winning business consultant and speaker, a Fortune 500 company's partner, and a leader of the highest national security programs. By the age of 33, she was a corporate executive leading multi-billion dollar programs, making more than $50 million in sales and facilitating sales of more than $10 billion. Olympia, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me, Lori. I'm so happy to be here. Those are a lot of numbers that you that I read. <laughs> big numbers, big, 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 big numbers. Well, I'm sure you're going to have some fantastic information to share with our listeners today. So my first question to you is why is collaborative lead generation the best way to get lots of high quality leads that are easy to convert to sales? That is a great question. Doing collaborative lead generation is the best way because you get to accelerate your sales and your success. And you do that by getting access to your perfect clients through other people who already have them in their client database, in their target market. And when you do that, you're also elevated in status and your credibility is also elevated because that person who you're collaborating with is basically recommending and endorsing you. So you really get to what I like to call have OPA, which is other people's audience and OPR, other people's resources. You get to leverage those. And I have a great metaphor. Do you want to hear it, Lori? Absolutely. Okay. I just came up with this metaphor today. So it's like you want to see wild animals. And you decide first which ones you want to see. Then you determine where are they located and who has them. Are they in a zoo? Are they in Africa or Asia? And then how will you get there? And do you want to explore on your own or do you want to take a safari that guarantees that you're going to see these animals that you want to see and that you get the whole experience? So that is all about collaborative lead generation because you want to go where the wild animals are that you want to see and you want to get access to them by people who already have access and knowledge to them. Sure. That definitely makes sense. Love it. Um, and great analogy that really helps to illustrate the, the thinking that you have here. 
So I know that you're an advocate for the gamification of marketing. What exactly is that and how can it help um, businesses and entrepreneurs grow income and fun and freedom? Okay. Gamification marketing is the latest and greatest in how to market your products and services, but then also how to um, amplify your um, your actual products and services. So I'll talk about the marketing part first. Gamification really is about play and it's about triggering those four centers in your brain that are wired for happiness and fun and play. And those four centers are dopamine, endorphins, oxytocin, and serotonin. So basically you can think of these as your feel good, happy chemicals. And the metaphor here is Pavlov's dog. You've probably heard the story where um, this guy, Pavlov had a dog and he trained the dog to expect a treat when the bell rang. So every time the bell rings, the dog gets super excited because he's going to get a treat. Well, that's basically what gamification is. In our application, we're putting it into marketing. So you can put it into your emails, in your website, on your landing pages. You can use it when you're speaking to people, whether it's in a networking situation or um, online. And so when you do that, you will get at least a 34, I'm sorry, a 30% increase in your response rate and in the um, retention rate, retention of information. So for example, when you use gamification marketing, it's going to increase how many clients you attract. It's going to keep their attention longer. It's going to increase sales conversion and your sales will be much easier, by the way, they'll be easier and faster and funner for you. So you get a side effect of the, of the fun aspect of gamification. Hmm. And if you have it in a, say a course or a program, your students will retain more. They will be 80% more likely to complete that program. And then they will have the success and the results that you promised from your program. And they will be the Pied Piper singing your tune and referring their friends and family to you. I love that. I'm definitely a fan of, of uh, leveraging the gamification approach. Um, when you are putting, yeah, putting your name out there, your branding, you're getting your messaging out there. Um, I was not aware as much as that retention of information, but it totally makes sense actually, because you're, you're getting your audience to engage further with your message. Therefore it is kind of getting, it is getting further embedded into into their minds. Yeah. It's like playing a game Mm. because that's really what it is. That's what your brain thinks it is. 
And so when, when a person plays, they're in very heightened states of, um, what's the right word? Heightened states of openness and uh, the ability to be in the moment as opposed to stressing out about something or making something harder or resisting something. They're like, you know, just an open book. And when you can uh, activate those centers of the brain, it actually becomes addictive in a good way, though. It's a, it's a good addiction because you seek out more and more and more of that. Love it. I, I, I agree. And, and even if you're not getting it, you want to keep working harder to try to achieve it. So again, you're, you're continuing to re-engage and, and get your audience further embedded into your information, your content. Um, Mm -hmm. I know that you're a huge advocate around, um, the messaging and what is being pushed out there, but how does one get their perfect clients to say, oh my gosh, I need you now. How can I start working with you? (laughs) I love this one. So we have to back up the bus a little bit, Lori, because to get them to say that and feel that there needs to be some things in place. So we're going to go back to the beginning of this chain of events that lead up to that. And step number one is you got to make sure that you are in fact focusing on your perfect clients, the ones that really light you up and the ones that can benefit from what you're offering them, your product or your service. So you need to define them. And if you don't do that, you're going to suffer from any number of business problems. And I'll give you some examples that are like symptoms of not having a honed target market. Things like not enough clients or difficult clients or bad fitting clients or poor profitability. And if you're not loving your work, you also don't have perfect clients. So, That's kind of step one. You got to get the perfect clients and you need to know what are their pain problems, the ones that they are both uh, have the ability to pay to solve and are hungry to solve. Because if they don't have both of those, you are lost in the wind, my friend. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work if you have just one. They both need to have both. And then step two is, okay, so you've identified who they are. You've identified their problem that you can solve. And now you need to give them the solution in the form of your product or service that is the dog whistle that they can hear. And then they're going to respond with, oh, my gosh, she gets me. She understands my problem and where I am. She's been there. And you're the only one and you're the obvious one for me. And how can I work with you? I love that. Yeah. I think it's extremely important, as you said, to be very clear on who your, your ideal, your perfect customer is. Um, But I really like the emphasis on that. They have the ability 
to pay for the solution and that they're they're hungry for the solution. I think a lot of um, businesses say, this is the audience I want to work with, but they really don't understand the financial side associated with that audience and if they're willing to pay for that, that solution. Exactly. So if somebody has a problem, I don't know, let's see, I'm really talking off the cuff here, but let's make up a problem somebody has. So, oh, here we go. Here's a good one. So if somebody really has a mindset problem, which, you know, probably 90% of us have, excuse me, (coughs) but your audience doesn't see that as a problem there, then that's a problem for you. Or if they recognize that it's a problem, but they don't have the ability to pay to solve it, then that's a problem for you. And the third scenario would be, okay, they recognize it's a problem. They have the ability to pay for it, but they don't value it. So they're not hungry to solve that. And then the fourth one would be, oh, they're just not even, they're oblivious to it. They're like, no, 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 no. And I know this scenario because I used to focus only on mindset and um, getting that cleared and reset so that people could actually have access to all of the tools and the techniques, um, like the things I just spoke about. Mm-hmm. And they would actually be able to implement them because if a person has these mindset blocks, then you, they can have all the tools and the systems and the teams, but they don't actually have access to them because they are blocking themselves and they are not going to be able to get the full advantage from them. So what I found from my direct experience is that I don't go directly for the mindset anymore, the mindset fix and reset, because most people, although they recognize it, it's not a big enough problem for them and they don't want to put money on it. They want to say, oh, you know, yeah, that's a problem. But what I really need help with, my big problem is I need to grow my business. Mm -hmm. Right? Little do they know that to grow their business, their mindset has to be in order, but they don't, um, they don't want to go there. Yeah, lots of truth to that. You're speaking some really powerful words here that hopefully our listeners are taking in digesting and going, Oh yeah, this totally makes sense. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. So the purpose of the show really is about networking and relationships, which obviously ties into sales and marketing and, and business in, in general. My goal is to alleviate any fears that people have when they hear that word networking. So Olympia, can you share with our listeners one of your most successful or favorite networking experiences that you've had? Yes, I would love to. Um, One of my favorites is one of my collaborative lead generation partners. Her name is Ann Bennett. And she and I work very closely together now, referring people to each other, but also we um, give each other speaking opportunities. We make introductions for each other. We share our, um, our clients with each other. If we see that the other person Um, has a service that could help a client, then we do that. 
And so I met Anne at two different places. I met her at a IAW meeting. It's a networking meeting. It's called International Association of Women. And I also met her at eWomen Network. And she and I were both on the board of the IAW chapter here in Southern California. And so we met and we just started really getting to know each other first before, you know, before doing any type of business together. And I think that's a key thing for people to know is that when you're networking, it's so rarely the case that you meet someone and instantaneously they become your client. It's more the case that you're building that know, like, and trust factor. You're getting to know the person and then deciding whether or not you want to actually do business with them or you want to be more of a power partner. However, sometimes, and this has happened to me, but it is not, you know, the majority of the time when all the stars align and you meet someone and there is the person you're meeting who has been who's first of all aware of the problem that you have the solution for, and they have already been looking for a solution. That's only 3% of people, 3% meet that criteria. And then that's when they can move quickly into being a client. But what about that other 97%? That's where the majority of your business and your relationships are going to be made. So we need to have a whole strategy and system for that. Yeah. I'm, I'm fascinated by the 3% number. Just as you said that I'm reflecting back on my many years of, of networking and one-on-ones and, you know, connecting with people after attending mm-hmm. different organization events and, and it sounds about right, you know, that maybe 3% of the time someone's like, oh, yeah, we're actually looking for that right now. And it's like, oh, no kidding. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, if, mm-hmm. if only there was more. But the reality is, like you said, 97% of the time it is about the relationships. And I love how you fleshed out um, that when you're connecting with people, you know, the obvious statement of know you like you trust you. But more so that you're somebody evaluating, is this an opportunity for me to do business with them, for them to do business with me, or to become a power partner? And I think that's where the power is in that statement, that power partner, which goes back to that collaboration concept mm-hmm. that we talked about earlier on. Mm-hmm. So as as the, the networking queen, which is what you're referred to, um, I imagine you've got quite an extensive network and community that you've created for yourself. How do you stay in front of and best nurture these relationships? Well, I do a variety of things. It really depends on the, you know, the person, you know, the other person, you know, and, and how our relationship is set up. So for some people, I actually send them handwritten cards and I do that regularly. And you want to talk about a Pavlov's dog response. (laughs) (laughs) They love it. And if they don't get their card, you know, whatever it is, once a month or once every two weeks or whatever it is, I hear about it. They're like, where's my card? Were you not thinking about me this week? (laughs) (laughs) Like, 
it's a real thing. So that's one example. But other examples are uh, things like doing uh, Facebook Lives together, where maybe I'll go on the other person's Facebook Live and have a conversation about what I do and how that could help that audience and vice versa. They could come on my Facebook groups and we do a Facebook live. And it's really about sharing information that's going to elevate everyone. And so when we work in collaboration, which really is a lot about networking, it's co-elevating and co-creating so that everyone is being lifted at the same time. I love that. I think there's, um, I, I think there's a lot of opportunities that people aren't paying attention to. And I, I think the, the co-elevating, I've not heard that phrase before, but I really like it. And I might, um, incorporate that into some of my messaging, <laughs> um, but, but really that's what it's all about when you're creating these partnerships and collaborating, it's about elevating each other and everyone around you. And I think it's brilliant that you're, you're maximizing the reach of each individual's audiences by, by sharing each other's messages, um, you know, through Facebook lives and, and other, you know, platforms that, that can be done. I mean, there's so many different tools and resources out there that make it easier than it's ever been to, to, um, co-create and co-elevate. That's fantastic. Mm-hmm. You got it. Well, you, it is your message. <laughs> I have a little story for you. Sure. It just popped in. I used to teach networking in Sacramento through the learning exchange. And I called my class schmoozing. And we had so much fun because not only would I teach about it, but we would actually do it in the class. We would really implement it. And we had so much laughing and connections were made. I mean, people who were in the class, you weren't even expecting to meet other people in the class, but it was a lot of relationships were formed. It was, it was really such a pleasure for me to teach it. I love that. Schmoozing. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure there's a lot of fun. I mean, that's what it's, it's just creating relationships and, and ed, acknowledging the other person, I think is something that's huge about that. And that's where you, mm-hmm. Connections. Mm-hmm. you got it. So Olympia, what advice would you offer that business professional who's really looking to grow their network? Okay, let's see. <laughs> There's so many advice. I'm, I'm percolating right now. My little, my little chipmunks are working in my brain to pick out the best one. I think the best one would be, and I know we've already talked about it, but really to do it in collaboration with other people because when you're growing your network, you really want to give yourself the best opportunity to do that. And the best opportunity is going to be with other people Mm -hmm. so that you don't have to be alone. You don't have so much hard work and drudgery to do. When you do it with someone else, you also get the, the added benefit of being in community and those good feelings of having support from somebody else and, you know, being able to share wins and 
just having somebody else who has your back. So all of those can be felt and they are all somewhat intangible though. You're like, you can't just put a number like 20% of people who have done this or that, you know, and have had support from somebody do better. There's, there's really not the numbers, but it's the feeling and it is the actual application and the results. You will get results so much faster if you do it in collaboration. I agree. I, yeah. I was, um, when I was early on in my networking days, I would have a, a networking buddy, basically. Ah! <laughs> you know, it's, it's easier to go in a room with someone you know than to walk in into a room mm-hmm. that you don't know anyone. So at least you could go in and have, I don't know if it was like a, it's like a comfort you know, comfort blanket or something, you know, having that, that network, <laughs> someone that you just it alleviates some of that pressure. Um, but eventually you kind of warm up to the room and then you start to like veer off and you're both talking to other people. Cause that's the idea. But at the very least, you know, who that person's trying to get in front of and vice versa. And then you can introduce to other people if it makes sense. So I think that's great. I love the idea of, of partnering up and collaborating. I mean, obviously there's a little theme that's going on in this conversation today. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I want to add that when you're doing it with a buddy, what else is great is you can endorse the other person. Mm-hmm. So for example, like when Ann and I go out uh, and we network um, and we do this virtually too, now that virtual is our only option, um, we will write kudos about each other. Like, you know, hey, if you're looking for, you know, business consulting, Olympia can get you the results you want, or I had a great experience with her. Or I'll say about Ann, she's a branding expert. I'll say, well, Ann can really get your brand in line so to set you up for success you know we'll we'll do that and so it's basically like a real-time testimonial (laughs) you know love that (laughs) yep it's smart to get advocates basically Mm -hmm. 100% so Olympia if you could go back to your 20 year old self what would you tell yourself to do more of less of or differently with regards to your professional career Oh my goodness. Well, I think one of the, one of the things that I would do or tell myself would be to follow up more, to don't be shy about following up because I used to have a lot of blocks and sometimes they still show up uh, in different forms, but, you know, I'll talk myself out of following up. I'll say, you know, oh, that person really wasn't that interested or they're not going to remember me. Or um, I don't really know what to say, you know, or I don't want to feel rejected. You know, all of this mind chatter would be going on. And meanwhile, the days keep ticking by. And then I get to whatever point, a week, two weeks out, two months out. And I'm like, oh, well, now it's too late to follow up. Like, they're really not going to remember me. So I would give myself the advice to just be bold and have the confidence to follow up because nowadays how I look at it is those people who I would follow up with, they have actually expressed some kind of an interest when we were together and they have a need. And if I don't help them solve that problem that they have, who's going to help them? 
Mm-hmm. Like it's like not giving food to somebody who's starving and you got plenty of food, right? Yep. You're like, no, I'm not going to give you food because the food might poison you or because it might not be your favorite food. You know, like what kind of stories are we going to put on top of that? Mm-hmm. But really you are doing yourself and the other person a huge disservice by not following up with them, connecting with them, letting them know what solutions you have for them. And then they get to decide if the timing is right and if it um, aligns with their, uh, their value of, the, you know, in terms of the price, but then also if it aligns with what specifically they feel like they need and how confident and what kind of a rapport they have with you to give them that solution. Yeah, I think that's one of the probably top three vitals of any sort of relationship is the follow-up and the follow-through. Yep. You have to do something to maintain that relationship, but to, to keep the conversation moving. And, and I know that you're obviously focused heavily on, on sales and, and mindset. I mean, there's a lot of, um, something I learned, I guess, in, in sales, which is all about relationships is, you know, what is, what is the next step? What is the next thing? And I think regardless if there's a sales transaction at the end of the day, you should be looking at that with your relationships and in your networking too, is, you know, what is the next time you're going to connect with someone or, or have the next piece of the conversation with them? Exactly. And it's, it's like the pre-customer journey. You know, it's like, here's another good metaphor. So everybody knows about customer journeys. You know, once you get them as a, as a customer, you know, how are you going to deliver what you need to deliver, the products and services, and how are you going to uh, interact with them? And what is the path that they're going to take through the products and services? Like maybe they start out with a starter program and then you share this, you know, year long mastermind with them. Everybody knows about that as a customer journey, but what about the pre-customer journey? Like how do they even get to the point where they are a client? Nobody thinks about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I shouldn't say nobody. A lot of people don't. Well, that's where you're, Brand awareness and nurturing and relationship building is vital. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm going to give you the opportunity to ask me a question. Ooh, ooh. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Let me let me get a good one. Okay. So, I you know what I'd like to hear. What has been your funniest? networking story i've got it okay (laughs) this actually makes me laugh so i was at um i was at a conference sitting at a table you know with people i don't know um not totally paying attention to the people at the table because they're speakers and then i'm i'm tweeting you know and using the hashtag of the conference to to share all this great information and then one of the other conference attendees is like engaging with me and responding to my tweets. And, and then um, 
I, and laughing. And then all of a sudden I realized the person that is doing this is actually sitting right next to me. (laughs) (laughs) And she knew it was me, but I didn't know it was her. So I I approached, I was just, I approached her like, oh my gosh, you got to look at what this person's sending me. And she goes, that's me. I'm like, oh my gosh. But that just built like that started our relationship. And this was many years ago. And we still stay in touch. She's in she's in um, Texas. You know, I'm in Wisconsin and we still stay in touch. We pass each other business. And uh, but that was, I just yeah, it took me a second to think about that. But I I laugh every time I think about that. Like, oh, my gosh, I was such an idiot. Oh That's such a great story. I love it. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Fun question too. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I like getting putting people on the spot with that one. <laughs> so, do you have any final advice to offer our listeners uh, about how to grow and support your network? Well, I I think the best advice is to just get out there, mm-hmm. like you can't win the game if you're not in the game. (laughs) So just get out there and do the best you can. Um, A lot of people are self-confident about, you know, going forward and networking, but you know what? The people you meet are probably going to be in a similar boat if that's you. And these days, especially now more than ever, people are having a lot of compassion for other people's situations. And, you know, if you don't say exactly the right thing, you know, people are very forgiving and understanding and, you know, people just basically want to connect and they want to know you. They, you know, of course they want to know about your business, but people don't know how people don't care how much, you know, until they know how much you care. Mm -hmm. That's always true. I agree with that hundred percent. Um, so much truth to that. And, and you've shared some amazing pieces of information, um, definitely about collaboration and, um, you know, elevating each other, um, having the right mindset. So if anyone was interested in learning more about you or in getting in contact with you, Olympia, what's the best way that they can reach you? Okay. You can always email me, Olympia at womenchoosewealth.com. Um, I'm also on Facebook. And I'm on LinkedIn. And is is this the place where I get to tell them my free gift? Oh, 100%. If you've got a a freebie, share it with the listeners here. Okay. So this is a super fun quiz. And you get to identify what is in the way, what might be blocking you from tripling your income, fun, and freedom. And you just go to mymoneyblocks.com. That's mymoneyblocks.com. And it takes less than two minutes. And I think you'll really enjoy it and have a fun time doing it. Uh, 100% agree. I did uh, take that assessment. And I look forward to um, the next conversation that we're going to have related to that. Uh, but we will include all that information in our show notes. Thank you so much, Olympia, for taking the time to be on the show today. Great conversations, fun, fun conversation, fun questions. Um, all right. Thank you. 
All right. Thank you, Lori. It was a pleasure being here. And I'm here for you and your listeners. Please reach out if you need anything. 100%. This wraps up our episode of Social Capital. A huge thank you to Olympia for taking the time to connect with us. If you want to continue the conversation on building your community and networking, check out our Facebook group. Just search for Social Capital Network. If you need me, send me an email at lori at socialcapitalpodcast.com. Otherwise, we'll see you next week. That's all for this episode of the Social Capital Podcast. Visit socialcapitalpodcast.com for show notes, more episodes, and to see who will be on the show next. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next episode.